curtains up and welcome to another edition of the box office preview podcast an onstage blog podcast network production i am your host greg Earhart, contributor to onstage blog and joining me today my co-host with great power comes great responsibility which is why he held his nose to review men in black international it's on-screen chief critic Ken Jones. Ken, welcome. How are you? I'm great. I, not only did I hold my nose, I took a silkwood shower after seeing that movie. I, I see, you, you held your nose and closed your <laughs> eyes, right? <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I, that probably would have been a better strategy. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, we could have used some better strategy in uh, making our projections of Toy Story uh, 4 last week. In fairness, I'm not sure anyone would have predicted what happened. Nobody saw this coming. So... We had Chris Peterson on the podcast, so all three of us made predictions. So, you know, better sample size than usual. And Chris uh, predicted $170 million. I went 193 and you went 188 if I remember correctly. Somewhere around there, 185, yeah. 188, something. Well, we were all way, way, way off. And Chris so th- was the closest, technically. Chris, Chris but... <laughs> was the closest. According to our rules, you have to come within $10 million, yes. So, um but not only did we miss, but the the general tracking missed as well. I mean, it it was you know the the general for the range of the forecast was one forty to one fifty, um, which would have been better than uh, Finding Dory, uh, which is a sequel to Finding Nemo, as yeah. but but significantly under Incredibles two, which was one hundred eighty three. Yeah. So Toy Story four one hundred twenty point nine. It it comes in better than uh, Toy Story three, not adjusted for inflation, but it's about ten ten to twelve million down from Finding Dory, and yeah, more than two third, uh, more than a third, sorry, down from Incredibles, from Incredibles two. So Ken, what do we make of this? Is there anything to make of it? I mean, because we have to, we, we we do have to start off by saying just. Objectively speaking, a hundred twenty million dollar opening weekend is good. Yes. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And, <laughs> and Toy Story Four is going to be fine. It should. It's a. Kid's oh yeah. Movie. It should get to four hundred million. Maybe it, it, it falls a smidge short, but yeah, it should get to four hundred million. But, but with everything it had going for it, you know, ninety eight percent Rotten Tomato score, as we discussed last week, it's one of the most. It's it's definitely. I don't. You know, is it more beloved than Incredibles? I mean, the box office would say no, um, but it's certainly up there as far as as far as Pixar goes and Disney properties and certainly one of the most beloved trilogies uh, of all time. So what happened here? What, what do we make of this? Uh, I think what is happening is what people have begun to uh, describe as sequel fatigue. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I, we've, we've seen a pattern of this with the sequels that have come out, not just this summer, but this year uh, going back all the way to uh, Lego uh, movie two. Uh, in February, um, we've had we've had these sequels that come out, and they they just don't measure up to the box office performance of the the previous movies. So, sequel fatigue, but not necessarily remake fatigue, at least from a no, Disney not necessarily. point of view. Because Aladdin, now Aladdin did run ninety you know ninety million, um, but and. Which is short of Toy Story four, but right around expectations uh, for the movie and Lion King, which is coming out in mid July. That's, I mean, th- those forecasts are, you know, anywhere from you know one sixty to two hundred million. <laughs> you know, so right. it doesn't seem like there's remake fatigue uh, to 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 a point. 
And can I sir- can I can I go on a uh, long little uh, long little? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> can I can I read something from Twitter? Uh yeah, that sure, sure. I was I was uh, really spoke to to this thing. So Mark Harris of the uh, he writes for Vulture among other things. Apparently, uh, he he wrote uh, a, mul- a tweet thread uh, on the twenty third of June. That said, uh, I'm just going to read this whole thing. Uh, Toy Story 4 has become the summer's latest franchise to open way below expectations. The trade stories have a ton of yes, but, and everything's fine. Anything to avoid even entertaining the possibility that endless brand extensions are starting to bore people. Last week, I noted the poor performances of Godzilla, Dark Phoenix, Secret Life of Pets, Men in Black, and heard a lot of Toy Story 4 will save summer. And reviews were great, but franchise event films are not immune to I can see it later. I don't root for movies to do poorly, and Toy Story 4 will ultimately do fine, but the industry's insistence that no, the problem isn't endless sequels and the milking of existing IP is taken on a sheen of sweat. This is the world Hollywood wanted. Be careful what you wish for. Several years ago, studios made a decision that their primary audience was people like who like franchises. They largely stopped putting real money, imagination, or marketing toward anything else which is one reason many of the quote-unquote adult movies are also having such a tough time. But even people who love franchise movies get older, get bored, and want something new. Maybe even something new that could become a franchise. And it's dangerous to assume that those moviegoers fall off the treadmill, but they'll be steadily replaced by uh, perfect, pliable new consumers. I fully admit bias. I hate what studios are now hate that script development has been replaced by cautious brand management and feel that corporate consolidation is a serious threat. All that said, the summer is not going according to plan and good because the plan stinks. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think there's, and I can't, I saw this on Twitter too. So, cause obviously the big counter is well, Marvel sequel, Marvel's not suffering from, <laughs> from sequel itis. Um, and I think that the notable exception for Marvel, and we can talk specifically about Endgame, but it really applies to all of the sequels, is those sequels are continuing a story. Yes. Right? So, and it's a story that, frankly, just people just got hooked to. They had to see it to the end. Right. Um, even Captain Marvel, which came out two months before Endgame, or six, even uh, seven weeks before Endgame, and we're pretty sure had nothing really to do with Endgame, but still, it ha- might have a little nugget. <laughs> A little piece of the story mm-hmm. that we had to find out. So I think, and I bring this back to Toy Story Four. Um, although it was ninety eight percent, you know, it was definitely a new story, and 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 again, and it continues a story, but it it is also standalone. It's not like you necessarily have to have seen, you know, it, 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 it's not the it, Toy Story Four isn't necessarily like. Uh, completely married to the previous movies that came before it. Right. So, and I think there's there's definitely some audience. So, I think what it tells me is I think audiences, and we talked about this last week, I think audiences were really satisfied with how Toy Story 3 ended. And mm-hmm. it was a really fitting kind of end to the story and to the characters and them promising, oh, wait, there's more to Woody and, and Buzz. And, and again, it did 120 million. So, there's definite interest in it. But in terms of acceleration of um, increasing box office openings, I think there's enough people to be like, mm, you know, I can see it later or I'll just wait or. 
or Secret Life of Pets is still out, so I'll see that. I don't know. But um, <laughs> not really, because people weren't seeing that either. <laughs> no, I know that sequel fell off. You know, more yeah. than percent. Yeah, yeah. So you know, again, no, no one should really cry a river for uh, for Disney or Pixar here. They're, they're no, going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They're, they're they're fine. It's they're doing. If you do north of three hundred million, you're doing very well. Um, but I mean, I, I think the point stands that when you have the same example across several across several franchises and across several studios that mm. their these sequels are are underperforming that uh you, you need to start to look at like what's what's the underlying cause for all this and you know i think i think maybe part of it too is you know everybody's you know subscribed to how many online uh you know streaming services and and then you got uh, you know disney pluses you know on the on the horizon and all this well, stuff too, like that's, right. All that and, stuff contributes to it, and I don't think it can be discounted that it's been a big year for for Disney. Um, oh, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of, you know, I mean, Aladdin. It was still in the theaters, and still actually, Aladdin finished well, third. You yeah. know, um, this weekend and still pulling strong. Uh, and people are certainly looking forward to Lion King coming out next week. So I think that has something to do with it as well. Never mind Spider Man, which we're going to discuss on uh, on this podcast this week. So, needless to say, to sum up, uh, we were way wrong. The industry is way wrong, and it's something to monitor, especially as we discuss Spider-Man and whether that's going to underperform as well. Um, never mind the two other releases coming out this week. So, so let's get to it. So, um, so this week, so this is going to be a supersized episode. Um, we are going to discuss and break down uh, and preview three movies, uh, two that are coming out this week, and Annabelle. Um, Annabelle, oh, how did I forget the stuff? Annabelle Coming comes home, home, comes home. Annabelle comes yeah. home yesterday, uh, as well as Spider Man. Uh, so again, due to scheduling conflicts, next week we're going to do Spider Man this week, and then we're going to take next week off. So yeah. this is uh, so you'll get you get three movies this week for us to break down. Three so for the with, price of one. That's right. So let's or get none. Right. I mean, so let's we're get, not charging. Right. <laughs> so let's let me interrupt right. you one more time. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get right to it. So we're going to start with Annabelle. And uh, it is uh, Annabelle c- Comes Home. And uh, it is the seventh movie of the Conjuring Universe. Which uh, <laughs> I can't believe this is I, a I can't thing. Believe set, I can't believe there's been seven <laughs> movies so far. Um, uh, this is the seventh Conjuring Universe movie. It's the third Annabelle movie, which I never thought they could get. I didn't think they get two movies out of Annabelle. Never mind. They're going to go for at least three. Uh, this does well. They'll find a way to do a fourth one. Of course. Um, so this, so this particular movie has stood out for a couple reasons. One is the last movie uh, creation was actually pretty good. Um, respect, very respected. It had a good Rotten Tomatoes score. It came off of the first Annabelle movie, which did not do, it did well, did pretty well in the box office, but you know, it was very poorly reviewed, uh, very low Rotten Tomatoes score. So it's writing some momentum here. And, and again, it's all, and oh, and the other thing that stood out is the Warrens are back. So yeah, I had a question about that. Is, yes, is this please. movie, this is so. There's the Conjuring, like fran- proper, like franchise proper, right? Right. And then there's the Annabelle like spinoff, right? Right. And so now they're they're like closing the loop, and and like this is a sequel to to both the Conjuring two and 
the last Annabelle movie? In a sense, or is yes. it, or is it a sequel to the last Annabelle movie and a prequel to how they, how the Warrens come into possession of Annabelle? No. Uh, so my understanding is this starts after they take possession of Annabelle. So this okay. actually does take place after Conjuring Two. Is it, okay, so it's not like in between or you know no. anything no, like cr- that. Okay. Correct. Uh, I had a time. There's actually some. Uh, I found a timeline of when. Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, into so, the Conjuring verse. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I was I was slightly wrong, but slightly right. So, Annabelle comes home takes place after the first Conjuring, but okay. before the second Conjuring. Okay, and it takes place before the Curse of La Llorona, which is very important, I'm sure, um, in the Conjuring universe. Wait, that's in the Conjuring universe? Yes, it is. What? Yeah. Annabelle's in the movie. Yeah, it very briefly. I did not know that. Yeah, she is, yeah. Of course. It's... That was that completely th- <laughs> flew under my radar. Wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So maybe uh, Ray Cruz uh, shows shows back up in, uh, in the... In, uh, Annabelle comes home or conjuring three. We'll see. Um, so what is, so Ken, what is your overall take on the conjuring on the various movies in the conjuring universe, the universe as a whole, you know, where, where how does this fit in? Uh, I I've honestly, I've only seen the conjuring and the conjuring two. Okay. Uh, the, the Annabelle movies themselves did not really interest me, uh, mainly because I think the first one's rotten tomato score was, was quite low. Yeah. Um and and so I didn't I, I life's too short for bad movies unless you're reviewing <laughs> unless you have to review them. For, <laughs> like Men in Black. Well, cr- well you know, Chris Peterson cracks a whip at you to uh he you know, does. Go see he's Taskmaster. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> he's he's very generous and says he, I don't He's actually told to. you the opposite, yeah. I know. He told me the exact opposite. <laughs> and yet I persist. Uh, <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so The Conjuring, the Conjuring. and The Conjuring Two. Uh, I, I enjoyed both movies. I, I think, I, no, I don't think I know. I enjoyed the first one uh, way more than the second one, um, but I still enjoyed the second one. The first one, uh, I'm going to be honest, like it gave me a chill scene that I, I've never experienced in seeing a movie in the theater, where. Um, they 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 show the the dresser in the kid in the kid's bedroom mm-hmm. like two or three times leading up to this moment and there's nothing there and then they finally show the the um, spirit that on top of the dresser yeah yeah and that reveal I don't know what it was but it caused <laughs> this like this sensation that like literally radiated from my spine <laughs> to my the tips of my fingers and the tips of my toes yeah yeah and it, it was like this goosebump sensation and that is so rare to get for me personally to get in movies now that mm-hmm. i i really really uh the conjuring holds a special place in my heart because yeah of that. Mine too. It's really, I mean, it's James Wan's masterpiece. I think it's uh, arguably the best horror movie in the last, at least in the last ten years, if not mm. more. Um, and for me, it was it was the ba- the basement scene from the first basement scene from start to finish, which ends with um, 
uh, the ghost clapping behind mm. the mom's ears like that. That's just like uh, yeah. mwah, chef's kiss yep. uh, there. And I, I, I really like the conjuring Two. I thought the, the, the first half of the conjuring Two was to me as good as the conjuring. The, yeah, the movie thought... as a whole didn't quite hold up. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. There's some really good moments and some really good scenes and stuff. Um, yeah. The yeah, the last act is a little hokey. Yeah, you know, and the same uh, thing. Yeah, and like James Wan again, like he held it all together for the first one, but he has tendencies in almost all of his movies to sort of just like, um, you know, he kind of like smokes a bong or something and just it's sort of like, ah! <laughs> yeah. it's a little overindulgent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you mean. Yeah, and so um, you know, so that was kind of that was like the second half of the movie to me. Yeah, but. You can tell a lot of these movies have his influence on it, even if you know he's only as a producer and not a director, and that's why I think it's done really well. And I mean, it's it was masterful branding on their part to establish all these potential spinoffs. Yeah, I mean, we got the Crooked Man that's coming, you know, TBD, um, and you know they'll probably do the Nun too because why not? Um, you know, and um, I'm sure other horror movies that James Wan's going to do is getting connected somehow to uh, the conjuring universe. So hats off to him. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is, I mean, this is the real first real franchise. I think that's based in like paranormal um, versus like horror. There's a lot of horror franchises off of serial killers or right. uh, that sort of thing. But this is the first real paranormal franchise. Like supernatural and, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Supernatural paranormal. Uh, I mean, paranormal activity, I, I guess, mean, was first. So I got to give it the exorcist back. would probably qualify. God, those sequels are so bad. You didn't say they it. had to be good. <laughs> no, it's no. I, yeah, no. <laughs> I think exorcism movies are in a little. I mean, it is, super, own, like, it is supernatural. Separate, separate thing. I can't argue that though because The Conjuring did have an exorcism at, at the end. So yeah, I guess no, you're right. I mean, I, yeah, you're right. I, I guess you're right. But I'd say it's the first good. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so uh, let's see. Oh, one more question before we get to see you don't see. So how many? So just your gut. Uh, how many movies are we gonna get in the Conjuring universe when all is said and done? So this Ooh. is number seven. <laughs> number, and we know eight's coming. You know, Conjuring three is gonna happen uh, next year. Well, I mean, th- do they show any signs slowing down? <laughs> I, I I say no. I, I I'm tempted to say a Baker's dozen, Bob. Uh, just to yeah, but yeah, uh, they they probably. I mean, when when you get a successful thing, they they tend to drive it into the ground. Right. So it'll probably end up being like probably closer to twenty. <laughs> I I don't think that's a crazy number just with all the spinoffs that they're yeah. making because they can just you know again they 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 might get three crooked man you know movies out of that they might you know so. Right. I mean, if the if the over under was fifteen, let's say I put the over at fifteen, I I probably take the over because. You know, it's a new franchise and they, it's not baked yet. You know, so it's yeah. uh, there's still a lot more to go. Okay, let's get to see. Don't see. So wait, quick. Go let ahead. me just. So if they're they're doing all these spinoffs and, and creating this like whole universe, like kind of tangentially related. Like, why wouldn't uh, like the Universal Monster um, thing that that completely fell apart? Why wouldn't <laughs> why wouldn't they bring James Wan in to to do that? should I, you know no, like no, based on should. the fact that what he's done with the conjuring like you can see him like you know 
rehabbing the the Dracula and Wolfman and Frankenstein properties like that. Yeah, I mean, similar success. Hollywood is insistent that that be like an action franchise, and I just I don't I, I, I don't know why they think that. I mean, it's yeah. it's happened twice now that they've tried to. Um, yeah, do take that approach, and the mummy just you know did not work from that yeah. <laughs> aspect at lean all. In, lean into the horror, I say. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. there's definitely an appetite for it, especially yeah. if you have a if you take a gothic theme to it. You exactly. know, it, yeah. So, yeah, we'll start we'll, another petition. Up. We'll start. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's do see, don't see. Right. Uh, for those of us joining us for the first time. For those time, of us who haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> see, don't see is our way of quantifying our interest uh, in seeing the movie by separating the movie into several categories. Categories that can be just an actor or an actress or a director or a theme uh, or any aspect of the movie. And based on that aspect alone, we will rate our interest in seeing it or not seeing it on a scale of negative three to positive three. Um Ken, we are going to start with the Conjuring Universe. All you know about the movie is part of the Conjuring Universe. See or mm. don't see? Well, considering that there's how many movies now? Seven, and Seven. this is number eight, and I've only seen two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say, I'll say, a, mm, I'll, I'll wait. The the strength of the of the main Conjuring movies right, over right. the spinoffs and, okay. and put this at a one. Okay, yeah. So I'm on record as if it's a Conjuring universe, which you I've there. asked as bonus questions. I, I'm I'm pretty much <laughs> even though I, I have not seen all the movies because you know you know with family needs and whatnot. Right. So, but in a vacuum, I'm definitely a three. Yeah. Um, all right, I knew second, that answer. <laughs> uh, all you know about the movie is it features the Warrens. See or don't see? Well, I mean, like I said, I, I The Conjuring is one of my favorite horror movies of the decade. Yeah, uh, The Conjuring Two is is a pretty solid follow up, and I, I saw both of those in the theater, and I made a point to go see The Conjuring Two because of how much I enjoyed seeing experience, not just seeing but experiencing. The Conjuring in the theater. So I'm going to put that at a two. So the Warrens are really unique um, hero. I'm going to just I'm going to use the singular instead of the plural because they are. I mean, I think in real life too, as well as as how the movie depicts them, they're genuinely good people, and they're, all they're doing is trying to be good. They're not uh, particularly. They're not like complicated or have some you know uh, bad side. They're trying to suppress or overcome. Uh, they're a unique type of hero. Obviously, um, you know, Lorraine has has a, a, a certain type of superpower, but not a traditional superpower, as we come and know from the MCU. And we just got to say rest in peace to uh, Lorraine. She died uh, a couple months ago, and um, I've uh, I saw her in person. Uh, she gave a speech in Monroe, her hometown. I worked in uh, in Monroe for many years, and uh, she was she was something. She was really. Um, she was a delight to listen to because she was she you, you could really tell she really got a lot out of helping people um and really mm. helping them out of some bad spots and she never seemed too particularly scarred by her experiences i mean just remember she was part of the amity she was one of the you know her, she and ed investigated the amityville horror <laughs> you know i can't imagine what that was like mm. um and she still just had such a positive spirit about her and um 
And Lorraine, uh, rest in peace. So uh, with that said, they're really unique. Uh, so they're really unique in today's HeroScape because you just, you know, they're they're portrayed really authentically. Um, I mean, as authentically just good natured people by um, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. So um, there are three for me as well. So if they're involved, I'm in three. Uh, let's see. All you know about the movie is it features creepy homicidal artifacts coming to life. Uh, that's, that's all you know. <laughs> see or don't uh, see. I'll put that a two. Two, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's some some downsides to that aren't coming like immediately to mind for things like that maybe like a idle hands or something yeah qualifies uh, but uh for the most part yeah give me give me weird things coming to life and yeah i'm into because you know again you it's one of those things where you're in your house and you picture like oh my gosh what if that you know random object in the china cabinet just suddenly start moving around and if this movie is full of those type of objects i'm in three (laughs) three threes for me Um, sensing a trend here Uh, next, uh, all you know is it's done, directed by a first-time director uh, of the yeah. movie. That's all you know. See or don't see. Yeah, that's going to be a one for me. <laughs> um, I'm always willing to give someone a shot, but right. you know, usually, I, I'll put it this way: I'm, I'm I'm more drawn to movies based on who the director is, right, uh, than who the actors are in the movie. So, right. Yeah. Uh, minus one. I, I, it's a slight deterrence for me because I just don't trust them. So yeah. minus one. Caution. Uh, all you know about the movie is Annabelle's involved. Uh, see or don't see. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see either of the first two Annabelle movies. Uh, what she, the limited role she played in the Conjuring movies, uh, did creep me out. Um, but also, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'll just, I'll say a one. Yeah, I don't. I I I didn't see the first one, and I, I saw most of the second one. I, there's only so much you can do, I think, with a creepy doll. And I say that saying yeah, I was a three for they, creepy artifacts and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, given that she, again she was in the con, the first Conjuring movie, I just I'm not sure how much there is left um, for her. For, I'm calling her a her for it specifically to do to to creep me out. So I'm I'm really I would be really going to see it for. The artifacts like that she possesses and not her, so I would say uh, uh, zero. Let's say zero for me. Okay, last one. Uh, all you know about it, it's a horror movie that's starring kids. It's a horror movie that's that's starring <laughs> kids. Uh, see or don't see? Probably, I'm gonna go zero on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I that, that's not. That doesn't sway me one way or the other. Uh, it could go really bad, and it could go really well. So the, I'm not. That's not a whole. That's not in depth commentary. In my yeah. Part. No. Well, but, the, an example of it going really well is Monster Squad. That's what immediately jumps to mind. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> one of the all time classics, and we will find a way to do ripple effect of Monster Squad <laughs> <laughs> when we get to October. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually totally agree with you. It's really, it, it, it's very extreme. Um, yeah. It kind of depends on the age of the kids and how good the actors the are. Kid too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it can go really right if it's 
because again, they're so kids are in if you if they're done as innocent and it's these horrible beings that are frightening them out of their minds, it really can work. I got to be a zero because again, it's just it's just too uh, too big a range. Okay, so our scores are pretty similar. You're a seven wow. out of six categories, and I'm an eight. So um, oh, I thought you were going to be in the uh, somewhere in the <laughs> teens. Well, I started off as a nine, and then uh, just you know, I had negative one zero <laughs> zero. Yeah, but still, that's pretty solid interest. That's, for you, that is a, that is really high interest. Yes, no, it is because I don't want to see anything now anymore. You never uh, want to see anything. <laughs> You're lucky to crack, you know, above zero. Right. Uh, I only have one bonus question. Um, bonus question: If it was in the marketing and promotional materials that this was shot with IMAX cameras, <laughs> would that make you more, less, or no interest or that, no change in interest at all? That that wouldn't that wouldn't move the needle for me. <laughs> not not for this kind of movie. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> for Conjuring Three, maybe, but. Not for this now. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. As now, well. if Christopher Nolan was directing this movie <laughs> with the IMAX love, cameras, I would be very true. intrigued. Oh, I would love to see him do a supernatural movie because <laughs> oh, that I, that would be amazing. Yeah. All right, so that wraps up. So we'll do box office prediction. Uh, we should say uh, just briefly, it's doing around 65 percent Rotten Tomato score right now. So it's you know getting decent reviews, and uh, we'll do we'll do. Um, We'll get into that a little bit more. We make box office predictions at the end of the podcast. Um, but so far, yeah, pretty decent uh, for a third Annabelle movie. Okay, second movie that's coming out this weekend is a movie called Yesterday. Um, this is a movie that uh, it's actually, I think it's one of the, f- I can't call it the first movie, but it's first movie in a while where it's just, it's a movie based on the hook. And the hook is... What happens if everyone forgets about the Beatles except for one guy who one knows guy. how to play a guitar? Um, so, you know, it's it's this movie is basically based, you know, how, how much are you into that hook and how much are you into the Beatles is, is basically, I think, what this movie comes down to. Right. Um, so, Ken, let me ask you, um, are you are you happy with this trend now of movies being made basically to celebrate like uh, eating member berries of these popular rock bands or what, what, do, what do you, we kind of went through this with rocket man, uh, Nelton John. Yeah, but. I mean, this is a different way of doing a biopic, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, right. It, right. I mean, it's not, it's not an outright biopic, but it's, no. it's obviously, it's a film intended to celebrate the, the Beatles catalog. Yes. Uh, yes. So in, in that respect, it, it is it's a biopic of of their of their music, right, in a way. Right. Um, it's not uh, feels a little gimmicky, but at the same time, I'm a little intrigued. So I agree with the gimmicky part because especially when you watch the trailer, the first part is like just total gimmick. I'm just like, how they can really can they really ride this gimmick for an hour and a half? But then the second part is definitely the more interesting part, which is, you know, he's writing the fame of the Beatles and he's like, I didn't write any of this, but like now it's, he's got to deal with all the fame and the notoriety mm-hmm. and all the guilt that comes with it. That's a bit of the more interesting part of it to me. Um, as much as I'd love to hear all sorts of jokes, you know, corny jokes about, you know, Hey dude versus Hey Jude. And, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there's like a ton of those you know, in the first half of the movie in particular. 
Um, but I, I think ultimately it's just, you know, it's, it's, cel- it's exactly what you said. It's to celebrate the Beatles catalog of music. That's what this is going to come down to. And uh, if you like the Beatles and you want to hear it in the theater surround sound, this is for you. Um, nevertheless, I still have a C you don't see and actually have a pretty extensive C you don't see. So oh, do, you have awesome. any, do you have any other initial thoughts on uh, yesterday before uh, we get to C you don't see? No, no, let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. Okay. All right. Uh, first is Beatles music. All you know is the movie is about Beatles music. See, well, I, I, I did not see Across the Universe. That's the only... <laughs> and I've never seen any of the Beatles actual movies. Uh-huh. Okay. But I am a fan of their music. Uh-huh. And their movies are on my to-do list, which is probably about a thousand movies long. So, <laughs> And right. someday I will get to Yellow Submarine... And a hard day's night. Uh, okay, uh, but it's not today. <laughs> and it's not yesterday either. See what no. I did? See what I did there? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna probably put that at a zero, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Um, all right, get ready for a hot take. I think Beatles oh, are one of the most overrated bands ever, and wow. uh, I am I am a firm minus three on the uh, wow. <laughs> just on the concept alone. <laughs> If only Keanu, if only if, if wow. there's a Beatle, if if Keanu Reeves plays that's... John Lennon or Paul McCartney, I think that's like my perfect storm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's Greg E three 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 on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, come at me! Direct at all me. your <laughs> direct all your vitriol there. I just uh, come on. I will stop there for now. Um, next. Uh, all you know about the movie is it's a weird future where something or someone disappears, you know, like f- off the face of the earth forever. Um, see or don't see, Ken? Well, we kind of got that with uh, the snap in Avengers, right? <laughs> right, right, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Somebody disappears without a trace for no real reason. Or something. It could be. There's something. I mean, right. Water. Could be like you know trees, like all the trees are. You know, hey, you don't yeah, know what like, it is specifically. Like it's just children you know, of men, like people stop uh, producing babies. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, ooh, I think I just bumped that up like a full point. I'm gonna <laughs> go. I'm gonna go from a one to a two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm. I'm a very solid two on that. I, yeah. It's. I think how how do we react and how does yes. you know the main character react is endlessly fascinating. Yep. Uh, next, uh, all you know is the movie stars someone, and the trailer says it's introducing this person, like very dramatically in the credits. So that's that's all you know is that the movie is like just introducing some new star, new that you've never heard of. Uh, see or don't see. That's that's a that's a zero for me. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I do. I dare go to minus one. Um. Hmm. <laughs> You dare. I mean, if all I, that's all I know is they're introducing it. Yeah, no, I'll be fair. It's zero. Uh, all right, next, Ed Sheeran. All you know is Ed Sheeran's involved in the movie. See or don't see? Uh, <laughs> is he playing himself or is he playing a character? Uh, you don't know. No, you... Oh, actually, honestly, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, that... <laughs> I do like these follow-up <laughs> questions. Though. Is that very excellent? You're really thinking about this. Yeah, I've tried to, you know, I want to put the effort in. <laughs> Yeah, right. I want, I, like Andre the Giant in uh, The Princess Bride. I want you to feel you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that's probably a, a negative uh, one for me. Oh, I like it. All right. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm not familiar with his music at all. I have a friend who's, I mean, I swear to God, he's a dead ringer for Ed Sheeran. Um, he's like the same age, too. And uh, it just cracks me. I can't unsee it now that uh. when, when someone made the comparison. Um, excuse me. Um, so that said, um, I'm at least a minus one because come on, it's got to be, you know, a, a joke or something. So I'll say minus two. <laughs> I'll say minus two. That's all I know. This is in your wheelhouse. Danny Boyle. All you know is Danny Boyle's directing mm. the movie. See or don't see. I got to say, I'm a big fan of Danny Boyle as a director. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even, you know, even even the uh, Steve Jobs movie was actually pretty good. Um, oh, boy. That's probably a two for me. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Um... I'm fairly neutral on him, so I think I'm a zero. Yeah, I haven't. He did Slumdog Millionaire, right? That was him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, eh, it's fine. It's whatever. Did it have to win Best Picture? In my opinion, no. But yeah, whatever. So I'm a zero. Let me let me see uh, really quick here. Um, how many movies of his I've actually seen? Wait for it. All right, so he's got uh, on Letterbox. He's got twenty three directing credits, mm. and I've seen twelve of them. Wow, okay, that's a lot. Hmm. I so, thought it'd be higher. So it's hard to say because there's so many direct, so many notable directors now. But is he in your like your up top twenty five percent of directors? Or? Uh he's in. Oh, I haven't. He wouldn't be in my top ten. But he'd he'd be up there, maybe in like the top twenty five percent. Yeah. Uh, yep. Some dog millionaire. One hundred twenty seven hours. That was good. I enjoyed I that. I think I've seen all of his movies since like the mid nineties. Twenty days later. Yeah. All right. So I see. Right, here we go. Three so, of them. Uh, let's see. He. F- uh, yeah, I don't count all the TV stuff. Like his first. Okay, so. He really breaks through with 1994's Shallow Grave is his first, like, movie uh, that's right. not, like, made for TV or anything like that. He breaks through big time with Train Spotting in 96. Mm-hmm. So I have seen Shallow Grave, Train Spotting, A Life Less Ordinary, The Beach, 28 Days Later, Millions, Sunshine, Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours, uh, Trance. And Steve Jobs and T two Train Spotting, mm-hmm. so I've seen basically every feature film that he's made since nineteen ninety four. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen three of them, three of the movies. So. And I think the Frankenstein movie from two thousand eleven. Oh, that's a that's a theatrical performance. Okay. Of the uh, so it was yeah it's it's an on stage. So. On stage. On stage. On blog. stage. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so you're a two, I'm a zero. All right, uh, a couple more. Uh, next, Kate McKinnon, See or Don't See. All you know is the movie features her, or she's, yeah. She's, she's a part funny. of the movie. She's funny. I do like her. Um, you know, Ghostbusters notwithstanding, that's. She was the best her, singing. I'm sorry, she was by my, far. My, my feelings about Ghostbusters notwithstanding. Yeah, <laughs> right. she, I, I enjoyed her 
Yeah, she's uh, that's part of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ghostbusters movie. Uh, I'm gonna put that at a one. One, okay. Yeah. I'm a I'm a solid two. I think she's hysterical, and I hope she gets some better projects soon because she's picked some bad projects. So, yeah, yes, yeah, she has. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last one. Uh, all you know is the movie is full of a lot of jokes about play on words of Beatles songs. That's all. That's all you know, and <laughs> um, that's you know the main conceit of it. See or don't see. Yeah, that that feels like it could wear thin pretty quick. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a zero on that one. Minus or a negative one. Minus three. Three. Uh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Who knew? Okay, our score is you are positive four out of seven categories, and I'm a minus four over seven categories. <laughs> so we have a very different like said, movie. The, yeah. the nine about Annabelle comes home is definitely <laughs> speaks volumes. <laughs> All right, a few bonus questions. I have three. Okay. Uh, if it was announced that this was somehow in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie universe, <laughs> uh, would this make you more or less or neutrally inclined to go see it? Define the Bohemian Rhapsody universe. I don't know. Just like, uh, you know, it's like, it's <laughs> taking <laughs> outrageous like, liberties with the timelines. <laughs> Like you know, the, right? The music dis- like as a result of uh, the Queen doing that ri- Live Aid concert, like made the music disappear, or like maybe like Gosh. the guy who's uh, the only guy that remembers the Beatles music was like uh, stagehand and for Queen or something. You know, I don't know, oh, just like, some type of connection. Yeah, yeah, to, that's to... that's a that's a negative one for me. <laughs> Trending toward negative two. <laughs> um. I have to be a zero until I've seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I'd probably be in the minus one or minus two with you. Okay, uh, next. If Tom Cruise was playing the lead instead of this, where this guy's introducing, would you make you more or less inclined to see it? I would be less inclined to want to see it, um, but there would be, like, the strange fascination of, of wanting to see, like, whether it was a train wreck or not. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. like there would be, there would be an like, like, yeah. Like, like you don't know the Beatles. You don't yeah. know yesterday. What? Where am I? What is but this the thing? Part? Is how do how do you? Here's 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 the most important question with that. How do you incorporate Tom Cruise running into a movie <laughs> about him being the only person oh. that knows about the Beatles? Well, because he's running home. Like once he realizes his friends don't know the Beatles, like he's oh, running to, like the record store to find. No, no, no. He's he's running away from all the the crazy fans that he inherits. Well, that too, yeah, right. Because he is the new Beatles, right? Correct, yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. That's how you do it. Like you right. pull off like a solid like ten minutes of him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're telling me you wouldn't go see that? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean maybe that's I'm the... back in. <laughs> I talked myself into it. <laughs> all right, last one. I know this will really talk you, talk yourself into oh, it. If, if if it was Nicolas Cage playing the lead instead, ah. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll call it a younger Nicolas Cage. Let's say this was done, you know, ten years ago or whatever. Would this? Uh, would this? Ago. <laughs> well, <I'm> twenty. <laughs> I woke up this morning. I had my Cheerios, and then all of a sudden, the Beatles music is up here. What is happening? I mean, you're not in. I'm in. I mean, that's. It, <laughs> Is it dis- did did the Beatles music disappear, or did he steal the Beatles music like the Declaration of Independence? Uh, right, sure, yeah, that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, again, lots of possibilities here. So, 
Um, <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, Tom Cruise, Nick Cage, I'm in. Just, you yeah. know, that no. <laughs> yeah, there'd be, it's the whole like morbid curiosity thing would probably get me there. All right. Well, we uh, no, we spent a lot more time on this than I thought we would. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this does. Um, reviews are decent. Again, right in the, like, the 65, 66% range. Um, and uh, box office is projected to be fairly mild, but we'll get into that at the end of the podcast. Mm. Okay. So that ends this week. Uh, We're going to preview next week as well. And we have a big movie coming out. Spider-Man Far From Home. The end of Phase 3, according to uh, Marvel, not the beginning of Phase 4. It's the denouement. That's right. They want to make that very clear. Um, So, But it is is an interesting movie uh, for the big picture of Marvel. Um, Obviously, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Uh, If you've not seen Endgame, you might want to skip ahead about a minute or two. Um, So Iron Man is dead. And um, so Iron Man basically led the MCU for the first three phases. So they need yeah. someone to pretty much take the mantle. And initially I thought, and I'd said this previous podcast, initially I, I swore they said it's going to be Captain Marvel who's going to lead. The, maybe she leads the Avengers, but uh, Spider-Man is going to lead the, lead the Avengers. Yeah. But Spider-Man may lead the MCU going forward. It's certainly what they're shaping up. It's, it looks like what it's shaping it up to be. I hope so. so. So, Mike, well, that was my, my first question to you is, do you think Tom Holland slash Tom Holland Spider-Man is ready to lead the next wave of I MCU? I hope so. I, I, yeah, I, I can't, I can't be partial or impartial about this. I'm a huge Spider-Man geek, so. <laughs> and, and you're in the camp that Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man we've had, right? Uh, yeah. Um, although I'm also a big fan of, of the first two Spider-Man movies and, and Tobey Maguire in those. Obviously, I have a lot of uh, problems, to put it mildly, with Spider-Man 3. And, right. But I also, I am completely out on the Andrew Garfield Amazing Spider-Man movies. So... So to me, so I'm in the I'm in the Tom Holland's the best Spider-Man camp. I will defend both Toby Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield from one respect is I think they cover different aspects of Spider-Man's personality over the various mm-hmm. comics. So um, Toby Maguire also had the sort of um, innocence and naivete. Um, from a little bit, I mean, I know he played roughly the same age as Tom Holland, but he just looks. You look at those clips; he just looks older because he probably he was does. older. I mean, he, was, yeah, he, he was, was older when he did he it. He was he was basically thirty, I think. Yeah, probably when it started. So, and Andrew Garfield really captured the sarcasm that Spider-Man would have, and sort of that nature of yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No. And and his lines were very good. I I I really enjoyed. I, well, there's nothing to enjoy about the second Spider-Man at all. Um, but but just in general, I think that aspect. Of Spider-Man fighting and, and really just trash talking his enemies, I, I I really enjoy. But I love a good trash talk, you know. Generally speaking, so I think there's aspects of Andrew Garfield's performance to like. I think Holland overall is the best because he really captures, yes. you know, the youth, um, the enthusiasm. Yeah, he embodies so much of it. Yeah, yeah. and um, the boyishness, um, charm. Again, just combined with the innocence and the, and the enthusiasm yeah. and everything. Um, so. Uh, is he ready to lead the next wave? It's going to be interesting because so much of why Spider-Man worked in phases in phase three, phase two and three, I guess, is um, 
he had Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man to play off with. Like he had an older avuncular guy character to, to play off oh, with. Avuncular. Wow. Avuncular. You like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, word. <laughs> so classing up the joint here. Is is the character ready to be the leader without that to bounce off of? Unless it's just gonna be Nick Fury every time. I don't know. But um yeah, I don't know. Like is, is the character good enough, well rounded enough, you know, that you know it can stand alone by itself, you know, as a as a dynamic character? I think yes. I mean I, I, I everything we've seen so far. But it's gonna be interesting to all watch. signs point to yes. All signs point to yes. Uh yeah. Excellent. It's just the execution. So the second aspect, um, of this movie, I think, which has most people curious, myself included, is is the role of Mysterio as played by Jake Gyllenhaal um, in the movie. I think, and I think that this movie is just Spider Man and Nick Fury against these weird mythical like uh, villains as you know the elements or whatever. I think it'd be like, oh, okay, we'll see. It'll probably be fun, but. Mm. But having Mysterio involved, Mysterio is a classic Spider-Man villain, and by the looks mm-hmm. of it in the trailers, it looks like he's he's going to play a significant role, probably at least in this movie and probably in future movies, based on how he's presented. Um, what's your take on on Jake Gyllenhaal being now officially part of the MCU? Just him as an actor, and then also as Mysterio. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Gyllenhaal in, in general. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see what he what he brings to the table with uh with this movie um it's, it's kind of interesting that, that he's being cast as mysterio and the 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 villain role where he was almost if you remember there was talk about him replacing uh toby mcguire back on spider-man 2 oh really i didn't know yeah that. he i guess i, I if i'm rem- remembering it correctly um toby mcguire had like a pretty significant back injury at the uh, early on in in filming the movie, yeah, and so there yeah. was there was a lot of question about whether he could complete the the shoot, yeah, and so then there was for a little while there there was speculation about whether um, they should recast the role, and I think um, Gyllenhaal was bandied about. He was the most popular name, at least. Uh, well, he, he he might have been in a relationship with Kirsten Dunst at the time. Uh, okay, but and so maybe that's why people were saying it. But um, well, he could have done it too. He he could have absolutely been Spider. Oh yeah, he he had that boyish thing down. Like he could he could have very well replicated what Tobey Maguire did. Yeah. Um. So he would have been a really good choice. Yeah. So I mean, my only hope is. Uh, so we'll get to this a little bit and see. Don't see, but I I'm very curious. The trailers are very upfront about how they're going to introduce the multiverse. Um. So Mysterio is apparently from Earth two. Um, my, my fear is they're going to make, try and make Mysterio more of a good guy than a bad guy. Yeah, I don't I, think so, but I, I have that lingering, you know, I just was, I was talking character. to a friend about this last night, actually. And, and I, I think that there's basically two ways that they can go with that, where one, he is a good guy in his world mm-hmm. and something happens while he's over here in our world, quote unquote, that forces him to like turn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where like something that happens over here impacts his world or universe negatively. Yeah. Uh, so that's one way they could go with it, which I think would work. And I think the other way to go would be that he is someone who, who is bad, uh, a villain, but he is either trying to, 
um, put on appearances that he's mm-hmm. actually the good guy in his world, uh, uh-huh, or yeah. it's maybe like a, a you know, um, like Better Call Saul, where he's <laughs> he, he's trying to be good, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, he just like can't help himself, right, and, and right. slides back into his old ways, right? Where like he's got this second chance or whatever in this new universe, but uh, can't stay on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think even, both of those paths. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, he's not going to be a good guy in the end. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think those two paths are both. Yeah, I have potential. Agree, and the part that makes me nervous is how they treated Loki at the end because they basically made Loki a good guy, you know, towards in the last couple of movies, and that's just, just it's just a more boring route to take. And I think he's a fan favorite, and they they were just you know I think they're just getting fan service and making him somewhat noble uh, fairly yeah, noble at the end. but i would i would i would say that at least with loki like he had the personal relationship to thor that you could you could do and he was that uh mischievous kind of character that he could he could be more fluid you know bouncing back and forth between yeah no definitely how it was definitely and the best version of loki is absolutely that you know he, yeah. he never know which direction he's going to go right and i don't think you necessarily it. have that with any spider-man um correct villains. Correct. Yeah. So, so I think that's the big angle to watch. I'm not uh, looking forward to. I, I wish uh, Nick Fury was kind of permanently snapped um, <laughs> somehow, like he's the only guy that didn't make wow. it from the snap. I don't. Know. I'm just. I'm just kind of done. I don't know. It's just like Samuel Jackson. You had a good run. Um, just go retire somewhere and uh, or let someone else play Nick Fury or just find some other character to. Uh... No, it's just we've been there, done that with him, you know, for several movies. And yes, I'm I'm, I'm finicky, but <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, yeah, me finicky? No, no, no hot takes There's from me. Thought. No, all right. Um, other than that, uh, we should also just mention uh, we get Mary Jane. Um, Mary Jane wasn't in the first Spider-Man, right? Yeah, she was. Oh, she it, was? I mean, she, Zendaya's character. They, uh, I think her name was Michelle for most of the movie. And then at the end, they say, you know, her, she says her friends uh, call her MJ. That's right. That's so right. it's not it's not like a traditional Mary Jane right, right, right. character, but it's still kind of in, along the same lines in the same vein. Yeah. So she'll be more, so she has a big role in this coming movie and um and of course, you know, we get the the attempt to get the international audience hooked in with the far from home uh, plot <laughs> with the European vacation. So, uh at least no. uh, you know, with, with this one, it's a little more organic, I think, <laughs> than than MIB sure. International. Yeah. Just yeah, because schools go schools go to Europe, but public schools well, go to Europe all the time for vacation. Yeah, but okay, if you think about it, the first one was was they they based it on like a John Hughes movie from the eighties, right. right. and this is this is more of along the lines of that same in that same vein of eighties movies like National Lampoon's European Vacation kind of thing. No, right. No, no. I'm totally on board with that. I think a vacation movie, a high school vacation movie, is awesome, and it's again that's what makes the Spider Man movies unique. Like all these. Franchises have their own little unique spin on the MCU, and that, that's yeah. terrific. It's just like, come on, oh, really? They go to Europe? Sure. You know, yeah. they could more likely go to Disney World or, uh, you know, California or something. But, right. Uh, okay. Let's get to See, Don't See. For those of you who haven't heard it before, <laughs> See, Don't See. <laughs> if, if you just skipped ahead to the 50 minute <laughs> portion of the podcast. 
Uh, okay, first, uh, we'll just cover it. MCU. All you know is an MCU movie. Where do you stand on this as of today, Mr. Jones? Hmm, let me think about that one for a while. <laughs> I own all the MCU movies. I've been to every single one of them in the movie theater. Some of them multiple times. Yeah. Man, this is a tough one. Five. I guess yeah. I'm going to have to go with... Uh, yeah, that'd be a three. Yeah, I'm about to say we're, we're approaching the hour mark here, so let's uh, yeah, let's, let's get the. Films. I won't dilly dally. <laughs> uh, Spider Man. All you know is it's a Spider Man movie. See your notes. Three. I'm a, I, Spider Man was my favorite character growing up. So yeah. Even it's, even when though I wasn't a fan of the Amazing Spider Man movies, I still went and saw them in the movie theater. Right, right, right. I um yeah. So as I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, so. Spider-Man was the only MCU movie I didn't see in the theater, actually. Um, I had a little bit of Spider-Man fatigue, even though I really enjoyed him in Civil War. Like, I really loved the introduction. I just a whole movie uh, about him in the high school setting. Again, like high school movies in general, I'm like a minus two or three on just from an overall interest. So, Uh, but this one I'm actually legitimately excited to see. So um, I'm probably uh, I'm back in the positive territory, I think now. Uh, I'll give it two. I'll give it two. Nice. All right, uh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury is a prominent role in this movie. See or don't see? Uh, in the previous MCU movies, he's had a prominent role. Uh, Captain Marvel, Captain America Two. Yeah, yeah. I'll give that. Uh, I'll give that a two. <sighs> yeah. Well, I kind of you're a negative it. three. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm <laughs> I won't go. My I'm a minus one. Yeah, I'm just. I'm just kind of tired of the character. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal playing a comic book character. That's all you know about the movie. See or don't see? I'm gonna be a three on that one. Really? Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, he's good. Um, and I would really want to see his spin. I'm a one, though. I'm a, I'm a solid one. Uh, high school drama. All you know is a movie that is a high school drama. See or uh, don't see? See, this is yeah. It's yeah, so uneven. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be a zero for me. Yeah, I'm a minus. I'm a minus three. Yeah, uh, I just zero interest in it, and I just don't want to see anything about it. Wait, is it drama or comedy? Because I mean, um, it's a. I'm calling it a drama. Okay. I mean, I, I have comedic moments, but I mean, it's, okay. Yeah. If I just call high school movie, that's fine too. Okay. Uh, European vacation. All you know is the movie is set about a European vacation. So Euro trip, <laughs> right? Road trip, national lampoons. Yeah, uh, it's probably uh, zero for me as well. Yeah, I'm I'm in the minus territory. I just yeah, I just I don't really Europe. I don't and, say. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's all I know. Minus two. We'll call that minus two. Right. Uh, the last one. All you know is there's a multiverse involved in this movie. Um, hmm. There's like multiple worlds involving, and you know, there's going to be. It's not the first movie with the multiverse, of course. Um, but see or don't see. I'll probably put that at a um, either a one or a two. Okay, I'll I'll say a one. Um, yeah, so my, my answer might change if I've seen the Spider-Man multiverse movie, which I haven't yet. So I'm, I'm probably, I'm a zero. I'm uh, guessing that that has little, um, <laughs> the rules for that one won't be the same as the one for this one. Okay. Okay. 
Just my guess. All right. So the scores, very different. Uh, You have a positive 12 over seven categories. I was a zero. So flat neutral over seven categories. Um, As we discussed. You really want to see it. Well, yeah, actually, I do want to see it. It's because, again, like the MCU and Spider-Man like trumps everything else, basically. You know, so um, that's I wonder if that's the highest one that I've had so far. No, it's not. It can't be. I don't think so. No, I mean Although maybe for just we seven, all had high categories. scores in Endgame. Yeah, we all had high scores in Endgame. But we, there were more questions for Endgame. Right, but I mean, I think you had like a forty something over thirteen <laughs> categories. So that was like you know, <laughs> it was or high thirties or something. So uh, I have three bonus questions for you. Oh, sorry, two bonus questions. Let me let me just tell you, if it was ninety five percent, I would definitely be going to see it. <laughs> and even if it was below twenty percent. <laughs> I would hate myself, but I would still go see. It. <laughs> I actually—that's not one of my questions, actually. Oh, though, thank cool. you for choosing that. And I should say, I should have brought it up for yesterday because that would be really fascinating. If it was like ninety-five, mm. if yesterday was ninety-five percent, would that compel me to see it? Uh, I would still say no, but yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, first, if James Cameron produced the movie, if they made that a big deal in the uh, trailers and the promotional materials, James Cameron produced it, would that compel you to see this even more than you currently are? Not more. <laughs> Why do you ask that question? Because <laughs> because whenever he does produce it, it's they always like, these movies they always make the big deal. You know, it's like James I, Cameron produces. I'm like the yeah, only reason. Like- yeah, the only reason I ask is I, I read like maybe a year ago an article about how James Cameron actually was approached to to do a Spider-Man movie back in like the the mid 90s. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he's never made a bad movie, so I, I'd, I'd be on board. Um, so are you more or less or same James? Cameron uh, same, same. It's Spider-Man. Um, if he produced this MC, I would be a little bit more intrigued. I gotta be honest, even though I'm still unclear what producers actually do. And I think by movie by movie, their roles kind of, Oh yeah. Yeah. It depends. It depends on the movie, how much they have an impact, but right. I'd be slightly more interested in seeing it. Um, if somehow, maybe through the multiverse, they brought back Alfred Molina as Doc Ock, uh, would that be, would that compel you more or less to see to see this movie? <laughs> Intriguing. Uh, <laughs> I would. No, I mean, it, I I can't be more interested in the movie because it's Spider Man, and yeah, I'm, right. I'm just I'm going to be there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm usually, um, it's funny, I'm about to say I'm more interested because I'm usually, I like when more villains are involved, except Spider-Man movies have really tested that thesis. Yeah, you gotta be careful <laughs> with that I, stuff, I, man. I really careful. Uh, Tempting fate. Normally, yeah. I mean, Alpha, and he was good. Alpha Molina was a really good villain. Oh, yeah. And, uh, if they found a way, I'm, I'm in. Okay. To me now. Okay, uh, home stretch. Uh, let's do some Rotten Tomato reviews. Uh, okay, which one do you want to take? I got both movies. Uh, go ahead. If you can do Annabelle, I'll do yesterday. Okay. Okay. Uh, Matt Rodriguez from Shakefire says Annabelle Comes Home is the best film in the franchise since the original The Conjuring. It will make you terrified of creepy dolls if you weren't already. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, let's see a negative review uh, a cool premise with a solid engaging story not as good as creation nor as bad as Annabelle and that's uh, Fico Tangiano mm-hmm. of Sin Express okay and one more positive one uh, Perry Nemiroff 
of Perry Nemiroff, uh, says the scares are there, but Annabelle comes home also has a playful haunted house vibe that makes it stand out from the rest of the Conjuring franchise. Okay. So there you go. All right. So overall seems okay. Uh, I have for yesterday, Carrie Darling from the Houston Chronicle, a pleasant trifle of a rom-com that may feel more like an elevator pitch than a fully formed film, but it's just diverting enough to keep from sinking under the weight of its concept. That's a three out of five star review. So that, that, that feels about right from the trailers. That's about what I would expect. And then this negative review is really what I expect. Uh, negative review from Justin Chang of the Los Angeles Times. Yesterday leans so heavily on our affection for the Beatles music that it never allows that music to live, breathe, and seduce mm. us anew. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, one more negative review from Robert Koger from Flickering Myth. Uh, two out of five star review. The wacky premise never emerges as anything other than a vessel for endless, massive Beatles idolization, which is going to continue for the band whether this movie exists or not. Everyone else can put yesterday off until tomorrow and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> good one robert good one. <laughs> uh okay no reviews yet for spider-man although we can say there are some social media reviews out and they're mostly as usual pretty positive um there's some glowing reviews for jake gyllenhaal as mysterio yeah. and there are apparently some a lot of twists and little spoilers um so they're kind of telling you to go in clean as, as clean as possible and um I'm going to get there's going to be a lot of previewing of what's to come in phase four. So uh, it should be fun. It should be, uh, should be a fun experience. Can't wait. Okay. So before we get to box office predictions, let's make some Rotten Tomato predictions for Spider-Man just for fun. Uh, mm. The first Spider-Man was, I believe, in the early low 90s, I think. Pretty sure. Yeah. So, Spider-Man Far From Home, Rotten Tomato prediction, Mr. Jones. I am going to say, let me, I want to look up what the first one, I don't, I don't need to look it up. I'm yeah, going to say really 92%. 92%, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking my truth into existence. <laughs> Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, I agree. I think this is gonna be. Re- I think this is gonna be really well received. It feels like it's. You know, it's gonna be a hit on multiple levels. Um, yeah, ninety-two is a good number. Um, when you get to ninety-five, it's you know special. Um, when you get to, I'm gonna say, I, I don't think above ninety-two. I'll, I'll go like eighty. This is such a quibble, but like eighty-seven percent, you know, because that's that's basically the range for Marvel movies these days. Homecoming, for what it's worth, was actually ninety-two percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Let's get to let's get some box office predictions. Uh, we have some tricky predictions uh, this week because we have um, the tracking is not off of the three-day, um, the traditional three-day weekend for two of these movies. Um, so Annabelle. Most of the projections out there for the five day because it's actually the preview started Tuesday night, right? Right. Yeah. And um, and for what it's worth, uh, we can reveal this. We can talk about this because the results are out. So it did three and a half million on Tuesday night, which is a little bit below uh, Annabelle uh, creation. I think it did about four million. That was on a Thursday night, so it's not quite apples to apples, but um, but it's fairly close. And uh, and creation, I think, had a. Um, I know it finished at around 100 million. I think I like a th- low 30s opening. Um, so projections right now for the five day opening for Annabelle are in the 30 to 35 range. Uh, I'll go first on this one. 
Um, again, I think the, I think the spe- I th- so it should be said that Child's Play came out last weekend. It did about fifty. I think it was in the fifteen million range. Um, so that makes me feel a little bit better about projecting a um, a good result for this movie, even though there's obviously a lot of horror movies um, out. And with Child's Play out last weekend. So I'm going to go on. I I think The Conjuring, I think there's still appetite for it, especially for the trailers. Um, again, like Haunted Artifacts with the Warrens involved. Uh, I'm going to go $36 million for the five-day mm. weekend. Oh, I thought we were doing three-day. The, the 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 problem is the tracking is all five day except for boxoffice.com. Um okay. so it's like all the numbers because we did three day for well, that was Memorial. Um, right, that was Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Yeah. day. Well I'm just I'm I'm going off of what we have, you know, in terms of so we can give some context and right, for people fine. that want to play along, that's what's out there. So all right, uh, just, five uh, day. I'm doing this under protest. Yeah. <laughs> um five day. I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna say mm, 45 million for five days. 45 million, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, Annabelle's on my fantasy movie roster, so from your lips to God's ears, you know, oh. let's, make that, let's make that happen. All right. Next, yesterday. Um, yesterday is a much more conservative uh, forecast. It's in the 10 million dollar range. Uh, this is it's coming out traditionally on Friday, maybe with previews on Thursday night. Uh, Ken, you first. Hmm, I think this one's going to underperform. I'm going to say eight million. Eight million. Yes. Hmm. I'm going to go a little bit higher on this. Um, I think I think there's enough of an interest in the hook. It gets really different than everything else that's out there. Again, not projecting a big opening, but I'm gonna go go thirteen. I'm gonna go thirteen million for the three days. Uh, and then last, Spider-Man. Now we have a big range in this one. So again, this is the tracking right now is of the six day because it's opening on July. Yeah, I was gonna say, how are we doing this one? Yeah, we'll just do we'll just do a six day. Oh, um, okay. You know, again, it's like that's where all the projections are coming from. So it's like I'm not gonna fight it. Um, so oh, you'll fight over Memorial Day weekend. Well, yeah, because there are actually three day <laughs> projections on that. So, Spider Man is in the 150 to 200 million dollar range. There's some wide forecast um, disagreement among the experts on this. Uh, boxoffice.com, where is that? It's right here. I just want to double check their latest projection for Spider Man. I think they had it in the 180 range. One, uh, oh, they have three day. Three day. Three day, 120. Six day, it's in the 150 to 200 range. Um, I don't know. You want to make you want to make two predictions? Go for it. I don't no, know. we'll just do the six day one. That's fine. <laughs> uh, six day. I will go first. Um, I'm gonna play a little. Cons- I'm gonna go a little bit higher, but not super super high. I'll go 181 on this. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hmm. I think Spider-Man was really popular. Um, I, I this version of Spider-Man, I think, has really taken hold. And I agree. Now that most people see an Endgame, and there's some real intrigue with where it goes it, from yeah. here. I think. I, I think. Yeah, I think it's gonna do well. Yeah, I'm gonna say 187. Okay. I think I, what you said. There, it's gonna be well reviewed. Uh, the character is beloved. 
the this version of the character is, is popular based on the actor uh and i think there's still in uh there's still a honeymoon glow or whatever you want to call it um effect from from endgame that's going to push it up yeah actually now i'm thinking because like 181 would put total box office i mean in the 400 range i mean it's, that's pretty good company I, can i change my prediction i don't know can you sure yeah i'm gonna go just making this up as it's yeah, completely pretty, pretty arbitrary. Much, yeah. You're making it all up as you go along, anyways. So why you not? Can, you can't change your prediction, but I can. No. Mine's uh, not good, but sure. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna lower it a little bit. I'm gonna go to 171 instead of 181. Okay. I may regret that, but we'll see. All right. So 171 versus 187. I'm 13 versus you eight for yesterday. Annabelle 36 versus 45. Okay. Uh, so that's about a wrap. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Mr. Jones? Um. We just did a card subject to change podcast. Oh where boy! We recapped uh, Stomping Ground from this past Sunday, <laughs> and so that should I just uh, edited that. So Chris should have that on the website shortly, and uh, I'm going to be seeing probably all three of these movies that we talked about today. So you can hopefully expect reviews for them pretty soon. All right. All yeah, right. I'm seeing Spider-Man. Um, Far from home, Tuesday afternoon, as soon as I get out of work. All right. On the IMAX. Okay, so uh, folks, if you love this, if you like this podcast, if you didn't like this podcast, please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find this podcast, give us five stars. It would make it would make us feel so much better from missing uh, forecast projections on these movies week after week. We need uh, as a reminder, we are we, there will not be an episode next week um, on the week of 4th of July. We will be back the following week. Uh, that week is Stuber, I believe, as well. Oh, no. Uh, yes, yeah, Stuber. Stuber and, Stuber and Crawl. Crawl. All right. So the two very interesting and different movies uh, coming out that we'll be looking forward to breaking down. And then we'll be back the following week for Lion King. And then the week after that for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and then Hobbs and Shaw. I know. And then uh, so, so just to give a little preview of the schedule to come. So again, after so we're off next week, we'll be back for four uh, four more episodes after that, each and every week. And then after Hobbs and Shaw, we're gonna take a little bit of a summer summer break. Uh, it's because Hollywood's taking a summer break, basically, with some of the movies <laughs> they're releasing. So why not us? Uh, I know Ken really wants to preview Dora and the Lost City of Gold. I do. So. <laughs> I, I have a lot invested in that movie. <laughs> so maybe that, Ken does a solo podcast. But Ken may do a solo podcast that week. Maybe. But we're going to take a few weeks off. We'll, we will have some content um, to bring at the end of August when it comes oh. to the fan. We'll do a, a preview of the fall and winter ho- holiday movies uh, in the in the format of our fantasy uh, box office draft. So we'll break it down in those terms, and then we got a lot more to come. So you know what we forgot to do? What? The thing I taught I told us that we needed to start doing was mentioning our Slack. Because oh, you're, right. you're not yes. you're not a podcast today, unless <laughs> well, you're talking about your Slack. Yeah, Ken. Right. As but, I mentioned the uh, Slack, as I mentioned the Slack, the door in the Lost City of Gold is going to be uh, the next Titanic for uh, for kids movies. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so thank you for joining us uh, this week. If you're going to see the movies, go enjoy them. Be a polite audience member and uh, and go have fun. Silence uh, your cell phones. Turn, silence your cell phones. And, oh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at Greggy333. Ken Jones 81
But yeah, you can see us uh, not specifically in individuals on Facebook, but uh, on screen as a Facebook page where we post links and uh, post funny memes. And uh, go check out all the other onstage blog uh, podcast networks. They're all awesome. Okay. Uh, Happy 4th of July. We will see you in two weeks. Adios. Adios.